Grain to Glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Yes, indeed. Hey, you know, that was better than you just laughing last time. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming around on the show, guys. I, tr- I tried, you know, I mean, and then you looked at me, too, right after you said it. So <laughs> stop looking at me. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. You're my I'll look over at this corner and we'll do the episode like that. That's weird. Don't do that. <laughs> we well, said not to look at you. I don't know what you want me to do now. All right, before we get too deep here, uh, we got to get some housekeeping out of the way. The American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. Join the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our page and join today. Uh, Also, if you'd like to support us more directly, head on over to patreon.com slash planet studios or click on the patron link at the bottom of our homepage blindestudios.com. I'd like to give a shout out to Black Belt patron Andy Thompson. Go Andy. Uh, You know what? I heard his high fives are always crisp. Uh, They're the crispest. (laughs) Crispest? Crispest. The crispiest? Crispiest. Uh, Yeah, they're the best. Uh, yeah, uh, and then uh, if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head over to uh, blindinstudios.com, click on the Amazon link on the homepage, do your Amazon shopping as normal, and we get a bit of a kickback from Amazon, really helps us out. All right, that is all the record keeping out of the way. So, Brian. Yes. How's life in the brewer's world? What have you been up to beer related? Oh, uh, well, on Friday, uh, I went a to. A good old fry talk for your German listeners fry, out there. Fry talk. Oh, uh, we gotta. Ha- well, maybe Bjorn Bjornson will will hit us up and tell us wh- what it is wh- in Finnish. Say Friday and Finnish. Yeah, I bet he will. Anyway, um, so I went to a um, hemp processing facility. Whoa, what? Yeah, uh, on Friday, and I'm, I was looking at um, getting uh, having finding a company that can make me uh, like a water soluble uh, uh, product, um, like a CBD product. Um, CBD is kind of becoming a, a, a bigger and bigger thing. Um, we introduced some uh, CBD infused uh, sodas at the brewery uh, to start kind of gaining a little bit of awareness on that. Um, I won't get too much into CBD. You know, Google it if you'd like. There's a well, show about beer, so, not about weed. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> and I mean, kind of like, not, not to get too deep into it, but I feel like the regulation behind that has to be very weird uh, as far as like, because yeah. beer in and of itself is super regulated. Mm-hmm. We're highly regulated, yeah. And so when you add a foreign substance like CBD in mm-hmm. to the mix, does that change things? A l- not really. It's I mean, okay. we it's the it's going to be the same formula approval as the the Shandy was. Okay. Cuz you know, we we're adding that Well, so I know extract. um like breweries in uh places where recreational is legal, mm-hmm. um the they they are not allowed to mix THC yeah. and alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't so, sure if CBD was going to fall under the same. Right. So what we're what we can do. So the the company needs to be a Wisconsin company, um, and the processing needs to be done in Wisconsin by a licensed um, uh, hemp production facility. If that makes sense. Okay. Uh, and so that's how we're able to do it. Now they get hemp in from all over the place, but they also get a lot of it in from um, Wisconsin. So we had asked them to just take the Wisconsin hemp and um, pr- and uh, 
um, you know, come up with a formula and we're going to start adding it to, I, I believe we're going to make a third, this will be like the third version of Minnesconsin. So Minnisconsin Hellas, 5% Hellas Lager. Uh, Lemon Breaker Shandy is, its base is Minnisconsin Hellas. And then you got Minnisconsin Sleepy, the CBD Correct. Version. That's going to be the third one. So now the reason behind that is to keep the production cost low because I'm, I'm assuming the CBD is going to set us back a yeah. little bit. Um, but well, I guess we'll find out. So, um, in any case, yeah, it'll probably have about, I think we're shooting for 20 milligrams per 12 ounce can, uh, which I, I feel like is a pretty good dose. I do not know. <coughs> so I, I will take your, I take your word for it. I'll bring you some CBD soda next time. Yeah. I, I, CBD is something I don't have any experience with. Very relaxing. It definitely. Has, it has no psychoactive properties, but it, it's it, very relaxing. It seems like a bummer to me. <laughs> well, you could always, you know, just smoke a bowl after. You're right. <laughs> you I could. Take the CBD. I, I could just know. not do the CBD and just smoke a bowl. <laughs> Let me get my bong out. That's what we should do for the stinger is a, a bong bubbling. Just a, just a bong rip. This is the wrong show for that. Yeah, this makes no sense. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, so yeah, working on that. Um, I, I don't. We probably won't have to do the as much. Well, you know, I think we'll probably run it through the same R and D type of situation where we'll heat up. You know, put it into a crawler can. We'll heat it up in a water bath. We'll you know kick it down the street. Um, you know, heat it up, cool it down, um, try to freeze it, just to see how it, just see how it rat reacts to stuff. Because you know, you it it's funny. We we do QC on um, on our beer and we taste it every month, uh, so a couple two or three cases are set aside and we keep one case out and one case in the fridge, and then when we do the QC we we taste you know um, cold warm, and then whatever is on tap at the moment and so we taste all three of those and then kind of go from there and make adjustments if they need be. So, yeah, that's uh, what I've been up to, kind of checking that out. Uh Um, But this hemp process, we walked in the door and it just smelled like pot. So they had... Because it essentially is, mm -hmm. like, just without the THC. Well, yeah, they had a vault, and in it there was... I was more or less led to believe that, yeah, there was a whole... Well, he told us there was a bunch of THC products in there, too, because they're allowed to test that stuff, make formulas with that stuff, but just can't sell it. Um, I would like to test here. that stuff. I make formulas with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was, it was wild though. We, um, the, you know, the coolest part. So it was in a town called, it's in a town called Osceola, which is north, uh, north of Hudson and north of what River Falls, probably about 40 minutes yeah, from, from where we are. From where we are. Everything around here is super spread out, um, in this, part of western wisconsin it's part of the midwest that's just how it is it, it, that's true um in any case uh oh what was i saying where was i going with that you cannot ask me that question damn it casey i was just making jokes oh oh i know so the, the town's 40 minutes north and we rolled in and we brought them a six pack of minnesconsin and a four pack of um space force and they looked at the Space Force and they're like, oh, we have that in our fridge in our break room right now. And we were like, oh, no, that's awesome. No way. They had a bunch of beer in there. And they, you know, it was, um, you know, they had some stone. They had some, you know, a couple bottles of Budweiser. And then like right there sitting there was some Space Force. So that's really cool. Pretty neat. Yeah. Their, their break room, though, it had uh, like CBD products everywhere. And then there was another cupboard 
where they had quote unquote fun stuff. And I'm assuming there was some, you know, some THC products in there. And then um, they had a whole bunch of bottles of really expensive liquor. Coolest break room ever. Right. I just want to go on break. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. I went to uh, Casanova Beer Fest, one of my favorite beer fests oh, uh, yeah. yesterday. Uh, that was, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, for whatever reason, that beer fest, like, it's small enough where mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't feel overwhelmed. I can always get a beer when I want one. It's, it's a good size. And we went through uh, four cases of Shandy. Yeah, I was actually, I, I met uh, Joe. Um, Joelkin. Yep. Yeah, he's yep. one of our sales guys. Yep, yeah, so I, talk, I chatted with him for a bit. Um, and then I met the other one, too. But I yep. yep. Uh, yeah, so I chatted with those guys for a bit. Yeah, so it was it was kind of fun. Like, uh, just one side of the cave was all, like, just the local people that I knew. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, you know, Swinging Bridge. And then um, I want to say, no, you guys were, like, down. or no, We were guys, next to Swinging yeah, Bridge. Yeah, you guys were right next to Swinging Bridge. I and didn't then, get a chance to go there. Yep, yeah, so it was, it was Swinging Bridge and then you guys... And then Bobtown, and then um, was Olifant back there? I can't. No, they were on a different side because for whatever reason, Olifant got stuck in the corner with uh, uh, what's the one from Brewing Project? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and then uh, Pitchfork was over there, and oh, it was just, it was just cool. Like walking down and be like, I know all these people. This is neat. Um, but yeah, no. So great time. Had a lot of really interesting beers. My favorite beer of the day was the Agua Fresca Cerveza from. Uh, it was a collaboration between a brewery in Mexico City and New Belgium. Oh, okay. Um, and it had Ooh. watermelon and lime and Whoa. agave syrup, and it was delicious. Four percent, easy crusher, mm-hmm. uh, just fantastic beer. Uh, I kept going back to that one, and yeah, I don't know. I I learned moderation. <laughs> I was yeah. I, I was able to actually go out and enjoy things afterwards. It was it was a good day That's for me. It's tough at those festivals. It, you know, it only took me five years to figure it out. Yeah. Well, we're doing a festival in June at the uh, Apple River at General Sam's at the campground. Oh, nice. Uh, the place has like 800 campsites. I didn't even realize that. Ooh. Can accommodate like 10,000 people. I'm gonna be able to camp. Well, yeah, the the ticket, and that's gonna be a shitty, <laughs> shitty thing. Yeah, the ticket to the festival includes a campsite, um, and then uh, you can uh, a float down the river in a tube. A ticket for that, and then a ticket for like an actual beer fest, and then you don't have to drive after. So, can you uh, put the beer fest along the river so I can just get beers and then pee on myself? As I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that's all floating is. Yep, is drinking beer and peeing on yourself. Yep, <laughs> that's true. Oh, oh, there I go again, peeing on myself. All right, um, we are also uh, tasting some. Uh, we, don't, we don't have any homebrew again because uh, I suck. <laughs> nah, like that my, is certainly not true. My sir. My, my regulator blew Regulator's out, and broken. it's a whole situation. Um, but yeah, no. So I have uh, some curmudgeons, better half. So from founders. So. Founders Old Curmudgeon is a Scottish ale that most people are familiar yeah, it's with. A very good one. Um, and then last year, I think was the first first year they released this one. Oh wait, I take that back. Uh, Twenty twelve was the first year. This is the, was the last year was the first year since then. So first time in five years. Oh wow. Okay. Um, is Curmudgeon's better half? 
it, uh, so what tames an ale like curmudgeon? Uh, the tender embrace of oak and sweet maple, that's what. The result is curmudgeon's better half of harmonious matrimony of our deceptively smooth old ale brewed with molasses and time spent aging in bourbon barrels that have previously held maple syrup. Because all counterparts should be sweet, rich, and utterly delicious. This is a 12.5% uh, beer with a rate beer rating of 99, if that means anything to anybody means ever. Jack squad to me. Yep. <laughs> People knee jerk on these beers and rate them high. I don't know why. Yep. Yeah, no, so that, that's kind of what we're going to be sipping on during the uh, episode today, which is great because we're going to be talking about uh, specialty malts. But before we do that, let's talk about this beer for a second. Man, that's sweet. Ooh. It's very sweet. Sweet, mapley. It's just, it's the maple syrup just kind of coats your tongue. Definitely an oak barrel character. Yeah. Um, Wow, look at look at the look at this uh, the glass. We're not on the cameras today, but um, on the side of the glass here, Rick is calling me. That's weird. He knows we're on the air right now. I know. <laughs> don't answer it. I'm not going to. <laughs> Part of me wants no, no, don't do it, Casey. He, he's he's just sad that he's not the co-host anymore. I know. Uh, the, the battle of co-hosts was really fun the other day. Oh yeah, the other episode. <laughs> <laughs> there was a firefight. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry. Talking about beer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks. You know this beer is just super sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But I keep going back. Well, it's because it's kind of dry too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. Woo. Yeah. Alcohol. Well, twelve and a half percent. You can't really get away from the burn. Oh. Yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about specialty malts. Well, alrighty. So, uh, Brian, why do we use specialty malts? Why don't Ooh. we just use base malt? Variety is the spice of life, my oh, friend. Okay. That's All right. why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so that's kind of like so. I wrote some half-assed things, and then I actually did really good notes. So we're gonna <laughs> this go is with... one of the more complex sets of notes that I've seen. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk, uh, we're kind of going to dig into different things. Again, most of this information is coming out of the malt book, uh, because I love the Brewing Elements series. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. It Comprehensive. And it makes me learn things. Current. All right. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about high-dried malts first. Um, high-dried malts uh, can be made in standard kilns by raising temperatures. Uh, malt exposed to higher temperatures during the final stages of killing will have a darker color, more malty biscuit uh, flavor than normal processed malt. So Munich is usually done this way. So um, any of your like malty biscuity malts are going to be like have a high dried kiln malts. Uh, and I don't really have anything else to say about that. So we're going to dive right into the most controversial of malts. Caramel malt. <laughs> no, we've done entire episodes about crystal versus caramel and why you can't just flagrantly say, well, crystal and caramel are the same. Yeah, it's it, I think we arrived at this last time where it's like it is, but it isn't, but it is, but but it, it isn't. isn't. <laughs> it's just all over the place. There's this incredibly long blog post on the Brees website, which I highly recommend. It's a good read. And that's the whole article is just like, it is, but it isn't, but it isn't, but it isn't. Yep. So. Um, oh, you know what we, what we should do is uh, what kind of beers would you use like the high dried uh, malts in? So like your, your Munichs and your Viennas. Oh, anything and- you wanted a nice malt, like rich, deep, malty profile. Um, so, uh, examples. Uh, Meritzen. Meritzen beer. 
God, I love a good Merit. I know, right? The Weinstefaner uh, Lager yeast strain. Woo. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, so carbon malts. Uh, so basically, um, science behind these is the the way we get these the different sweetnesses and stuff is they're basically mashed in the husk. So they're they're soaked, they're heated, and like you get some conversion already, like in the individual grain. So it's converting those starches into sugars right away and then uh and that's that's the same across the board for all caramel crystal malts but where it changes is how it's kilned after that Mm -hmm. so like a drum kiln um that's basically where you put all the all the wet grain into like a big spinning drum over heat um this is it's more uniform and you can raise the temperature more quickly because it's a more uniform um roast um, that that's going to give you like clean candy like flavors uh, from the crystal malt. Mm-hmm. So think like rock candy, I guess, would be a good. Yeah, if you you know, I mean, if you're a home brewer, I'm sure you've thrown some malt in your mouth or or, or pulled the the malt apart. But yeah, what I like to think about, um, do you remember in Jurassic Park where they had that piece of amber with the mosquito in it, yeah. and they like they drilled in to yeah, pull the blood it, out? It, yeah, it looks like that minus the mosquito. I mean, you could put a mosquito in there, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. We made a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, for your caramel malts, they're floor kilned. So basically, basically spread out on the floor and <laughs> blasted with the. I don't know a better way of yeah, no, explaining that. Um, so this is a much less uniform way of drying out and kilning the malts. Um, so you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get an un- more uneven um, flavor. I guess. that's not quite the right way to say it, but uh, if you've ever made caramel on the stove, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Where uh, like bits of the sugar will start to caramelize before others, and then like eventually you'll get to this uniform viscosity and uh, caramelness. Well, the, one of the interesting ones that. Sticks out in my mind as there's a little bit of variation in the color. In the color, um, is uh, and we've talked about this that double roasted crystal from yes, DRC. Simpsons. Yeah, DRC ha- has like the consistency is all over the place, but I mean it's a double roasted crystal. Yeah. So, but that's that's the most extreme example I can think of. Yeah. And so that's that's caramel. So that's the big difference between mm-hmm. crystal and caramel. So basically, you're gonna get a cleaner, sweeter flavor from crystal, and you're gonna get more of a I don't want to say this word, but caramel flavor from like you're gonna like you, you, it's my yard. Well, my yard, uh, burnt sugar, <coughs> burnt sugar. Yeah. Um, like, well, and we have a word for burnt sugar that is caramel. Like, <laughs> right. But you can't use the word in the definition. It's mm-hmm. a whole thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and so that's that's crystal caramel. Is there anything like so? Beers you're gonna use these in is all of them. Right. Except like pilsners. Mm-hmm. Or like American light lagers. Um, anytime you want just a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of color, a little bit of complexity, you're gonna reach for your crystal or your caramel malts. I feel like mm-hmm. it's or again like kind of what, like what we said last episode. They're they're the workhorse of the specialty malts, right? Um, all right, and then we get into roasted malts. These are the ones. Uh, so there's there's a there's a break between. Um, when a crystal or caramel malt will become a roasted malt, and that's about 325 to 350 degrees Fahrenheit, 
or 160 to 170 degrees C. Um, basically, once you pass that point, you're no longer, like, I guess, caramelizing the sugars. You're just burning it. <coughs> and you're getting these darker, roastier characters. You're mm. getting the coffees, the chocolates, the uh, just that astringent bitterness. Um, yeah, and then uh, same thing with, like, the de-husked, de-bittered, just roasted malts, husks removed. So these are the ones that you're going to use in your stouts, in your doppelbox, in your... Like any any darkness that you want to add to the beer, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, again, like a little bit goes a long way. Um, like you guys, like on a homebrew scale, you're using maybe like a handful, a handful, literally. So, I mean, we're you know like on a, on a see, and it's funny when you get to the pro level, it's like you you start thinking about recipes in bags, like how many bags, not really pounds necessarily. Yeah, but. <laughs> Sponsor us, Brees, but also put your malt into 55-pound bags. Instead of 50-pound <laughs> bags. 50-pound bags. Literally every other malt stir comes in 55-pound bags. But that's because that's, you know, exactly 25 kilograms. And so it... Okay, so they're they're more uh, they're they're more European focused, but they're in America. No, 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 no. Fifty five pounds is twenty five kilos. Well, then what the fuck are you doing, Brees? I know, right? Bjorn Bjornsson would would let us know. <laughs> I kind of want to sick Bjorn Bjornsson on Brees. All right, Bjorn, send them one of your Bjorn, <laughs> I, emails, man. Sometimes I feel bad, like we pick on you a bit, but <laughs> yeah. you're you're one of our favorite listeners, it's, man. It's I tell you, quite what. true. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just because of the alliteration of your name. Well, it is fun to say. It is fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> Be honest here, man. And he sends us the the best feedback. Yeah. Like actual constructive feedback. Yeah, that so. makes me feel sad on the inside, but also I'm like, <laughs> that's where we're fucking up. All right. Well, now we know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So then we get into uh, kind of adjuncts. Mm-hmm. So um, do you use, well, have you ever used roasted unmalted barley? No. <clears throat> so that, that was a thing I came across while doing some research here. Interesting. Uh, literally just color. Uh, there's no enzyme activity. There's no fermentable extract. Uh-huh. Literally just color. And so, um, and their their point behind that was you're not getting any of that from uh, roasted malt either. Mm-hmm. So why go through the entire malting process if you're just going to burn the shit out of it and you just want yeah. to color? That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're already... Malting a bunch of stuff. Well, yeah, but whatever, if but, but if you can take that malted stuff and use it for something that actually needs to be malted, like crystal, right, or caramel malts, or any of the other like you know like two rows or stuff like that, I I mean do that instead, and then just take your just take a batch and roast it instead of going through the entire malting process. It saves the maltster money, which should uh, make a cheaper product for the end user. Mm, true. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder wonder why that's not more of a prevalence. I, well, I think it's something that's relatively new. And, like, I guess if you look at tradition, mm-hmm. everything's been malted. Reinheitsko boat. Mm. <laughs> that's the worst boat. Um Sorry, that was what? a terrible joke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in- instantly. People around the world shut off their podcast. 
All right, that's it. I'm done listening to that. I'm done. He made fun of the Ryan Heights kaboot. All right. Um, and then we get to our pre-gelatinized adjuncts. Ooh. So these are fun to talk about. Um, mostly because they get a lot of they get a bad rap, I feel mm-hmm. like. Uh, especially when you're looking at uh, rice and corn. Right. Those ones people get real salty about real quick because they're immediately like, You're talking about uh, the big American uh, There's a reason they use it, because it's a cheap form of sugar. And that's yeah. all you need. Like if you're trying to if you're trying to lighten the body on something, which you know, I think from a craft beer standpoint or from a home brewing standpoint, it said no one ever. I'm trying right. to lighten the body. Uh, but when we were formulating the the light beer for Hop and Barrel, uh, definitely about. I'd say if we, uh, I can't, I can't remember how many bags. I suppose I could look up the recipe really quickly. What, uh, what, what was the adjunct that you guys used for that? Corn sugar. Corn sugar. Yeah. Okay, just straight. Well, and so people talking about lighting body, we've been adding corn sugar to IPAs and double IPAs uh-huh. for years now, yep. and nobody, nobody complains about that. Right. So, did you guys look at using um, like gelatinized corn or? Nah, um, we just went straight for corn rice. sugar. You know, it's our, all the work's done for you already, and yeah. the, you know the that there's the, you know, like with used corn, you'd need something with some enzymatic properties, like a six row. Unless you use unless, flake corn, right? Unless you which use flake we're going to talk about in just a second here. Right. Um, so basically, pre-gelatinized adjuncts are. Um, so, like, what, what Brian was talking about uh, with, if you just use corn, you need something with um, some diastat- or en- enzymatic power to break down the sugars in that, in that grain. Right. This is pre-broken down, if that makes sense. So, basically, all the hard work has been done, and you just need to add it to the mash, and you get the sugars and the properties from it. So there's three different ways that you can pre-gelatinize something. Um, the first one is obviously gelatinization, which basically you're heating it in water to a certain temp until the grain swells, and there's a chemical change that happens in the grain. Think uh, if you're cooking rice. Mm-hmm. This, like You're gelatinizing your rice. So you're not turning it into gelatin or jello. Um, you're just you're, you're heating it up and then... Using that, so if you're making uh, like last e- last episode, I talk about the uh, um, the article in Zymergy where they were talking about the the rice beverage from South Korea and making that. So basically, you cook the rice um, in a rice cooker, and that that pull or that that changes those starches starches into sugars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have torification, um, where you expose the whole grain to an intense heat source, causing moisture in the grain to uh, turn to steam and pop the grains. It's like popcorn. Yeah, so think popcorn or puffed rice. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, all you're doing is you're heating it up and you're causing the same or a similar thing to the gelatinization uh, where you're changing the structure of the grain and going boop. Uh, and then you have flaking. And this is the most common for home brewers, I think. Mm-hmm. Your flaked oats, your flaked wheat, your flaked corn. Uh, use a lot of flaked corn. I like flake corn. Flake corn's good. Yeah, especially in cream ales. Also helps with head retention. Mm-hmm. Not uh, Ryan Heights Cabal. <laughs> no. God, no. That's, it's on the wrong boat. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to die mm-hmm. on that hill. Yep. Uh, <laughs> All right. uh, so ste- basically, so flaking is you take the, st- you, you steam the entire grain 
um, and then you pass it through heated rollers. So you're basically torrifying it without the pop. If that makes sense. Yep. And you're smooshing it real flat. Um, so this is your oatmeal. Uh, like So th- things that you encounter in your daily life, oatmeal, cornflakes, like stuff like that, that's, that's all flaked. So speaking of that, um, the light beer that we did, uh, I've got percentages here. Oh, I, do I like don't percentages. suck. <laughs> uh, we did. Uh, so just to give you an idea of the scale, 400 pounds of Synergy Select Pills and Malt. So that at 70 percent, um, 3.5 percent acid malt and then 26.3 percent corn sugar or dextrose. OK, so that's a lot of that's a lot of corn sugar. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of corn sugar. Yep. Just uh, just bacon back there, huh? Yeah. Like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making a light beer, man. Ah, I bet the brewers have to love that, though. Oh, like, yeah. We're going to be crushing that one. Huh? Like, super easy mash. Mm-hmm. Uh, just dumping sugar in. Yeah. Like. Dude, in our market, it's great because we'll, we'll be able to can it. We'll sell a shitload of it. Um, but I was talking to my buddy, uh, Kale, from Modest in Minneapolis, and he... Uh, he was like, we can't make that kind of stuff and then put it in cans because no one, it, no one will buy it. Just that's just the way that market is. Oh, well, market modest is especially because like they're yeah. known for like Dream Yard and stuff like right. they're, they're yep. big IPAs. Hazy, they do hazy. Well, they're like Barrel Theory. They do hazy IPAs, um, pastry stouts, and sours, which yep. are the, what the as far as that market is concerned. I those hate are pastry the, stouts. <laughs> those are the top. You I know, real salty top three. Real quick. I had, I should t- not talk about that on the show. All right. We'll talk about that later. Okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All righty. All right. I do, un- I, I, I don't know if I have anything else to add to this. Do you? I really don't. I was trying to think about that, but no, I don't. Um, I, th- I think we've we've covered it. If there's something that you guys want us to cover more, uh, that would be great. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Don't be afraid of using any of these malts is kind of what I want to emphasize a little bit. Uh-huh. Don't get caught up in the uh, in like the big. Oh, you're using corn sugar in your malt, like or corn syrup or whatever. Like, use what your beer calls for, right? And just know, you know that you have all these tools available to you. I think I said this on the last episode um, last week, but uh, it never hurts to obviously to throw some some malt in in your mouth and chew on it. Uh, another good way is to hot steep. So just, you know, get some hot water, throw the malt in there, give it, you know, smell it, sip it. If you if you have the time and the energy, I'm a big fan of smashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, single malt, single hop. Yep. Yeah. It gives you a really good idea, especially if you're looking at uh, what base malt you want to use. Right. And if you want to get Or it. if you want to, you know, like showcase a hop or something. Like yeah. You've got something interesting. Yeah, yeah. Use it. Use like, yeah. Well, and but we're talking about malts, so... That's nice. <laughs> Damn it, Brian. Oh, see, now you've, I've gone into a coughing fit. See, there's a reason I can't keep a co-host more than uh, like <laughs> 70 or no, I think it's 90 episodes is what is what happens. Every 90 episodes, I get a new one. That's funny. Apparently, I'm the problem. <laughs> oh, man. Indeed. So I think that's it, but uh, do we have any listener mail? Or? Um, I was just going to look. I don't think we do this week. We got one from Brian Harbison that Go he's going to. So he just uh, he just says, hi, Casey. I just finished up a Maybach. Uh, it would be 4C is the BJCP style. 
Uh, he wants to know if uh, he, you know, he, if I send, if I sent you up a couple bottles, if you and Brian could, would critique it. I also sent it off to a competition so I can send you the tasting notes once I get them back. It would help me to get some insight on what other brewers would do to correct what uh, they don't like in a beer. I also have all of the recipe and measurements info I can send you. That is awesome. I cannot yes. wait. <laughs> I, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, send. Uh, yes. And anytime you guys want to send us some beer, we will definitely talk about it. We'll critique it. Yeah, I'll make um, that note. The I'm a BJCP judge. Uh, judge A one two four eight. Um, yes. So his opinion matters way more than mine. <laughs> Whatever. In any case, um, you know, Brian, what Brian Harbison has, has done here is he sent it off to a homebrew competition, and I would highly recommend uh, sending your beer. Um, m- most of the time, you get good constructive feedback. From time to time, you run into a real turd yeah. of a judge. And they... Uh, I, I recommend, if you're going to send your beer off to a competition... Make sure it's a BJCP yeah. sanctioned competition. You know, take take that take that feedback with a grain of salt. And as always, if you like it, then that that's all that matters. <laughs> um, and also, uh, I and I've said this before. I'll say it again. Cultivate a group of people that you know who can give you honest feedback right. on your beer and will tell you when you make something that's hot garbage. Hot <laughs> garbage, gross. It, it, I mean, but it's true. Like, I've made yeah. multiple beers. Like, doing the 80-style challenge, I've I've realized before that, like, my beer was precious to me. Now it's not. Right. Like, it's it's like, a product nope. I'm making. If that, this beer sucks, it sucks. That one sucked. Uh, but before that, like, it's... it like. It, it's hard to get out of that mindset, especially as a home brewer, because you're putting money, you're putting time, you're putting all of this effort into a product, and you want to make it good. And like, but you're biased. So find people who aren't just going to tell you that it's good because they want free beer. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm able to just ignore it when there's a shitty beer. I don't, someone handed me. Um, the hell is it called a natter day so oh that's the fucking natty ice with like shandy or whatever so right natty ice shandy or like a uh, strawberry or Dude, something right i would not kick it out of bed it was not bad <laughs> like someone there was some someone threw something on facebook and was like you know oh, screw this what the hell is this bs and like nine people jumped on and they're like man it's not not really all that bad. <laughs> we were down at Ziggy's. Better than that Red's Apple Ale. Yeah. That Ugh. is terrible. We were at Ziggy's and someone busted out some of that. Some Natter Day. Natter Day. And, well, what day is it, guys? Fucking Natter, natter Day. day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's so hard to come up with beer names. It Well, and it's getting increasingly harder because there's, what, three, 4,000 breweries in the U.S. now? Something Excuse like, me? No, seven thousand three hundred and twelve. Yeah, like I said, I just got the Brewers Association. Three, four thousand, seven thousand is yeah. the same. Number. I just got the Brewers Association stewardship report. Uh, that is a very long name for a report. I should give you that. It'd be interesting. In any case, what, yeah, would, what would I do with that information? Read it. Okay. Uh, regurgitate it later and impress your friends. I don't know. <laughs> the only friend I could possibly impress is maybe you. Everybody else is going to be like, shut, shut up, up, man. You're talking about beer again. You're shut up. About beer. You have a podcast for that. We don't want to hear yeah. about it. Save that for Sunday, man. 
Oh man, you have jerky friends. We we have jerky friends, man. No, I'm kidding. We do. Have you listened to uh, Department of Offense? Yeah. <laughs> We're terrible to each other. Yeah, they're assholes, but they're our assholes, man. Well, I mean, that's what friends are. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> All right, should we get out of here? Yeah, y'all. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in again this week, uh, and we'll be back to our regular uh, weekly schedule, I believe, after this episode. So. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is this is the last of the every others. Hello from the past. Yeah, or, or the future. I don't I don't know what's going on anymore. Time travels hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash studios or follow us on Twitter at blindersquareninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.